Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, A Modern Rendering, Chapters 16 and 17. The Rich Gentleman Who Wanted Brahmayana Quickly. The last chapter described how Mr. Choklar's vow of a small offering was completed and accepted. In that story, Sai Baba showed he would happily accept anything, no matter how small, when it was offered with love and devotion. But if the same thing was offered with pride and conceit, he would reject it. He, being full of Satchitananda, existence, consciousness, and bliss, did not care for outward formalities. But if an offering was made in humble spirit, it was eagerly welcomed and accepted with pleasure. In fact, there is no person more generous and compassionate than the Sadguru, like Sad Baba. He cannot even be compared to the Chintamani jewel, the Kalapataru, or the Kamadenu for they only give us what we desire. But the Sadguru gives us the most precious thing, which is inconceivable and inscrutable, reality. Now let us hear how Baba handled a rich man who came and implored Baba to give him Brahmayana, self-realization. There was a rich gentleman who had amassed a large quantity of wealth, houses, fields, and lands, and had many servants and dependents. When Baba's fame reached his ears, he said to a friend that as he was not in want of anything, he would go to Shirdi and ask Baba to give him Brahmayana, which would certainly make him happier. His friend tried to discourage him, saying, It is not easy to know Brahman, especially for an avaricious man like you, who is always engrossed in wealth, wife, and children. Who will satisfy you in your search of Brahmayana if you won't even give one coin in charity? Not minding his friend's advice, the fellow engaged Atanga and went to Shirdi. He went to the masjid, and when he saw Baba, fell at his feet. Baba, hearing that you show Brahman to all who come here without delay, I have come all the way from a distant place. I am much fatigued by the journey, and if I get Brahman from you, my troubles will be well paid and rewarded. Baba replied, O my dear friend, do not be anxious. I shall immediately show you Brahman. All my dealings are in cash and never on credit. So many people come to me and ask for wealth, 
health, power, and honor, position, curing of diseases, and other temporal matters. Rare is the person who comes to me and asks for Brahmanjana. There is no lack of people asking for worldly things. People interested in spiritual matters are very rare. I think it a lucky and auspicious moment when people like you come and press me for Brahmanjana. So with pleasure, I will show you Brahman with all that accompanies it and with all its complications. Saying this, Baba started to show him Brahman. He had him sit there and engaged him in some talk and made him forget the question for some time. Then he called a boy and told him to go to Nandu and borrow five rupees from him. The boy left and returned immediately, saying that Nandu was not there and his house was locked. Then Baba asked him to go to the grocer and get a loan of five rupees from him. This time, the boy was also unsuccessful. This effort was repeated two or three more times with the same result. Baba was, as we know, the living Brahma incarnate. Some may ask, why did he want the paltry sum of five rupees, and why did he try hard to get it on a loan? Really, he did not want that sum at all. He must have fully known that Nandu and the grocer would not be at home, and he seems to have adopted this procedure as a test for the seeker of Brahman. That gentleman had a bundle of currency notes in his pocket. If he were really earnest, he would not have sat quietly and been a mere onlooker when Baba was frantically trying to get the paltry sum of five rupees. He knew that Baba would keep his word and repay the debt, and that the sum wanted was insignificant. Still, he could not make up his mind and advance the sum. Such a man wanted the greatest thing in the world from Baba, Brahmatnyana. Any other person who really loved Baba would have given five rupees at once instead of being a mere onlooker. This was not the case with this man. He advanced no money, nor did he sit silently, but instead began to become impatient as he was in a haste to return. So he implored Baba, Oh Baba, please show me soon. Baba replied, Oh my dear friend, did you not understand the process that I went through sitting here to enable you to see Brahman? It is, in short, this. To see Brahman, one has to surrender five things. Five pranas, five senses, the mind, the intellect, and the ego. This path of Brahmadhyana, or self-realization, 
is as hard to tread as the edge of a razor. Baba then gave a long discourse on the subject, the meaning of which is given here. Qualifications for Brahmadhyana Everyone does not see or realize Brahmanyana in this lifetime. To realize it, certain qualifications are absolutely necessary. Mamuksha, an intense desire for freedom. He who thinks that he is bound and should get free from bondage and works earnestly and resolutely to that end and who does not care for any other thought, this person is qualified for spiritual life. Virakti A feeling of disgust with things of this world and the next. Unless a man feels aversion with these things and the rewards and honors which his actions would bring in this world and the next, he has no right to enter into the spiritual realm. Antamukata Introversion God has created our senses with a tendency to move outward. So man always looks outside himself and not inside. He who wants self-realization and immortal life must turn his gaze inward and look to his inner self. Stop doing wrong. Unless a man has turned away from evil, stop from doing wrong, and has gained self-control, and unless his mind is at rest, he cannot gain self-realization, even by means of knowledge. Right Conduct Unless a man leads a life of truth, spiritual practice, self-control and insight, he cannot get God-realization. Prefer the good to the pleasant. There are two things, the good and the pleasant. The good deals with spiritual affairs and the pleasant with mundane matters. Both of these approach man. He has to think and choose one of them. The wise man prefers the good over the pleasant, but the unwise, because of greed and attachment, chooses the pleasant over the good. Control of the mind and the senses. The body is a chariot and the self is its master. Intellect is the charioteer, and the mind is the reins. The senses are the horses, and sense objects their paths. He who has no understanding, and whose mind is unrestrained, whose senses are uncontrollable, like the vicious horses of a charioteer, does not reach his destination of self-realization 
and goes through the rounds of births and deaths. He who has understanding and whose mind is restrained, his senses being under control, like the good horse of a charioteer, reaches that place, the state of self-realization, and is not born again. The man who has understanding as his charioteer and is able to rein his mind reaches the end of the journey, which is the supreme abode of the all-pervading Lord. Purification of the Mind Unless a man successfully fulfills the duties of his station in life with detachment, his mind will not be purified, and unless his mind is purified, he cannot attain self-realization. It is only in the purified mind that viveka and vedagir crop up and lead to self-realization. Unless egoism is dropped, greed ended, and the mind made desireless, self-realization is not possible. The idea that I am a body is a great delusion, and attachment to this idea is the cause of bondage. Leave off this idea and attachment if you want self-realization. The Necessity of a Guru The knowledge of the self is so subtle and mystic that no one can ever hope to attain it through his own individual effort. So the help of a teacher who has himself attained self-realization is absolutely necessary. What others cannot give with great labor and pain can easily be gained with the help of such a teacher. For he has walked on the path himself and can easily take the disciple step by step on the ladder of spiritual progress. Lastly, the Lord's grace is the most essential thing. When the Lord is pleased with someone, he gives him viveka and vairagya, discrimination and detachment, and takes him safely beyond the ocean of mundane existence. The self cannot be attained by the study of the Vedas, nor by intellect, nor by much learning. He whom the self chooses gains it. To him the self reveals its nature. So says the Kata Upanishad. After the dissertation was over, Baba turned to the gentleman and said, Well, sir, Brahman is in your pocket in the form of fifty times five rupees. Please take that out. The gentleman took out a bundle of currency notes from his pocket and to his great surprise found on counting them that there were twenty-five notes of ten rupees each. Seeing the omniscience of Baba, he was moved and fell at Baba's feet to receive his blessings.
And then Baba said to him, Roll up your bundle of Brahman. Unless you completely get rid of your greed, you will not get the real Brahman. How can a person with a mind grossed in wealth, children, and desires expect to know Brahman without removing his attachment to them? The illusion of attachment or the love of money is a deep eddy of pain full of crocodiles in the form of conceit and jealousy. Only he who is without desire can cross this whirlpool. Greed and Brahman are poles apart. They are eternally opposed to each other. Where there is greed, there is no room for meditation on Brahman. How can a greedy man get attachment and liberation? For a greedy man, there is no peace, nor contentment or certainty. If there is even a little trace of greed in the mind, all the sadhanas are of no use. Even the knowledge of a well-read man who is not free from the desire of the fruit or reward of his actions is useless and can't help him achieve self-realization. The teachings of a guru are of no use to a man who is full of egoism and who always thinks about sense objects. Purification of mind is absolutely necessary. Without it, all our spiritual endeavors are nothing but useless show and pomp. It is better for one to take only what he can digest and assimilate. My treasury is full, and I can give anyone whatever he wants, but I have to see whether he is qualified to receive what I can give. If you listen to me carefully, you will certainly benefit. Sitting in this masjid, I never speak any untruth. When a guest is invited to a house, all the members of the household and other friends and relations that happen to be present are entertained along with the guest. So all those who are present in the masjid at this time could partake of the spiritual feast that was served by Baba for the rich gentlemen. After getting Baba's blessings, one and all, including the gentlemen, left the place quite happy and contented. Special Qualities of Baba There are many saints who stay in the forests and caves and remain in solitude to achieve liberation for themselves. They do not care for other people and are always self-absorbed. Sai Baba was not such a type. He had no home, no wife, no children, nor any relations, near or distant. Still, he lived in the world. He begged his bread from four or five houses, always lived at the foot of the neem tree, carried on worldly dealings, and taught people how to act and behave in this world. 
Where are the sadhus and saints who, after attaining God-realization, strive for the welfare of the people? Sai Baba was the foremost of these, and therefore, says Hamad Pant, Blessed is the country, blessed is the family, and blessed are the virtuous parents where this extraordinary, transcendent, precious and pure jewel, Sai Baba, was born. Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all. You've been listening to a modern rendering of Hamad Pant's The Sri Sai Satcharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, edited and narrated by Monica Penaconda. For more content like this online, please go to divinelineage.org, saifamily.org, and peacefires.org. To learn more about Monica, please go to monicapenaconda.org.